Welcome to another episode of Should You Take That Case with your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experience and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Now here's the host of Should You Take That Case, Lisa Wade. Good afternoon. Welcome to Medical Monday and another episode of Should You Take That Case? I'm so glad to have you all here today and we're going to have a good time. We have Megan Whiteside Esquire who is going to be stellar and thrilling. I know that already. And um, I just want to remind everybody, the goal of our show is basically to be a helper, a resource for legal professionals who advocate for the injured and will share our experiences and our insights that we gain while pursuing those medical cases. Yay. So it's also just a good time to get to know each other. one-on-one. So next, I just also have to introduce myself. (laughs) I I sometimes forget that. So I'm Lisa Wade, legal nurse consultant. I am the owner of Wade Nurse Consultants and the creator of our private LinkedIn group, Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. And before we have Megan on and talk to her about her self and her practice and her life and the medical cases that she deals with. We're gonna scoot over to the comments and see if we have any live viewers today. Anybody that's team live, that's fine. If you're a team replay, wonderful too, welcome. So if you are an attorney or from our attorney medical record resource group and you're visiting us today, put an A in the chat. I would love to hear from you, see you, say hello. Also, if you are from Women Owned Law, another wonderful group that I'm a a part of with other female legal professionals, put a W in that chat. Or if you're an entrepreneur just, just visiting us today, Put an E in the chat so we can see you and say hello and welcome you. I think there's an attendee, a few attendees, people that signed up a little earlier to to come and visit us. If you're out there, Lori, hello. Thanks for coming. Adaku, it's wonderful to have you. Keep coming. Come back again next week. So today we are going to talk to Megan. We're going to take this opportunity to get to learn more about her, listen, and maybe lengthen and grow some of our connections in this 
uh, ever-growing virtual world of networking that we are experiencing lately. Now, let me introduce Megan Whiteside. Megan Whiteside is a trial lawyer, law professor, podcast host, mom of two, not one, two toddler boys, a marathon runner, and creative problem solver. Megan is currently of counsel at a small plaintiff's personal injury law firm in Washington, D.C., where her practice focuses on representing injured people from pre-suit negotiations through trial. During the pandemic, Megan launched a new podcast called Mom, Life, and Law, an interview-style podcast aimed at helping lawyer moms navigate the challenging expectations to lawyer as if they have no children and parent as if they have no job. She teaches a trial advocacy course at American University, Washington College of Law on working with experts in litigation and she loves delving into complex medical issues in her cases. Boy, Megan, that's a lot. So, <laughs> I'm so glad you have time to be with us today. So I'm going to bring you on and let's see if I can get this done. <gasps> Almost there. There's Megan Whiteside. Hi there. How are you? Hi, Lisa. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me today. It's an honor to be here. And it's a pleasure having you, that's for sure. So, Megan, uh, I'm going to talk to you and ask you all about those medical cases that you deal with, the ups, the downs, all of that. But first, I want to hear about you. Uh, we've, we've heard a lot about you and you're doing a lot. But tell us a little bit more about your journey from little wee girl to wonderfully polished attorney that you are. Oh, thank you. So I was one of those odd children who knew I wanted to be a lawyer at a very young age. So, um, you know, it was something that always interest me, interested me in, you know, probably middle school. But by 15, 16, I had set on I wanted to be a lawyer and I knew I wanted to be a litigator. And I never veered off that path. Uh, did mock trial all throughout high school, college, law school. I went to American University, Washington College of Law in D.C., had some great internships at the Department of Justice, just loved litigation. And I still do, right? 10, 11 years into practice. Um, I started my legal career at, in a medical malpractice defense firm, uh, representing hospitals, nursing homes, and individual physicians. Challenging work, really interesting work. And, you know, it was sort of trial by fire. I was thrown in as a young associate. You know, I was sworn into the bar, I think it was on a Friday. And the next Monday, I had to take the deposition of a forensic pathologist, deposing him about pictomicrographs and purulence and all these things that, you know, two weeks before that, I had no idea existed. So I really was thrown in the deep end and had to learn medicine 
very quickly. And it was a great, great experience as a young lawyer. Um, I then transitioned to the plaintiff's side, and I now do plaintiff's trial work. I represent injured individuals in a variety of contexts. The vast majority of my practice is auto negligence, uh, but I do a, a small amount of premises liability, and I have done a few uh, plaintiff's med mal cases. So switch sides, uh, but the challenges are all still there. And I, I really enjoy learning about injuries and the mechanism of injury and the nature of the treatment and sort of learn how to tell that story. Because as a trial lawyer, you have to take really complex medical issues and tell a jury who has often little to no medical training um, in a way that they can understand. So it's been a fun challenge as part of my legal career. Yay! That that is a really brisk journey that you've taken so far, but thank goodness you're here helping those that need your help. And so I always ask if, you know, when those medical records come up, and I know you're very interested in them, but um, what kind of uh, maybe method or, um, uh, or routine or what factors go into whether you are taking a case or bypassing the case last week, Annalise said, you know, she's an associate attorney. She just takes what comes on her desk. So uh, how do you decide about uh, taking those medical cases? Yeah. So it, I'm in an interesting position as a plaintiff's attorney, right? Because when people come to me or come to my firm, they've just, most of them, the vast majority of my practice, they've just got into a car crash mm -hmm. and they either were transported to the emergency room or a family took them to the emergency room or an urgent care. And it's usually within days, or if not a day after that's happened, I'm contacted or my firm is contacted. And so we have very limited information of the nature of their medical injuries. And so it's it's really, um, I've developed a practice of just asking a lot of questions, being empathetic, trying to understand the before and after, right? What Tell me about what changes you're experiencing that you, you didn't have before the crash. Um, but sometimes, you know, we're evaluating it on, on liability and damages, right? Damages of the medical injuries. And so we're following these folks through, you know, immediately after the crash through the end of their medical treatment, you know, God willing, they've made a recovery. Some folks have a permanent injury. Um, and so it's, it's almost a, an ongoing decision and an ongoing dialogue with clients about whether I think I can help them. And that's really the question that I ask myself in taking a case or not. Do I think I can be successful? Should I have to take this case all the way to trial? Um, and so what we do is my firm will collect the medical records from that initial treatment, whether that's ER or urgent care or folks go just straight to their primary care physician. In COVID, we've seen a lot more of that because folks are afraid of the ER. Um, and then the primary will refer them out to specialists. But I try to take a look at those early records ASAP. We've got a great paralegal at my office who will get those records right away. And then really try to guide clients as they are the patient by just reminding them, please be the best medical patient you can be, right? I, I say, I'm a JD, not an MD. I'm never going to tell you what can and should be done with your body. That's a discussion with you and your doctor. But as long as you are the best medical patient you can be, that will be reflected in the records and it's not what I believe, but it's what I can prove, right? So if you don't take care of yourself and I don't have this great documentation as you're going and the, you know, the follow-ups at the intervals, your 
providers have recommended, I'm going to have a harder time being successful. So it's sort of an ongoing evaluation, but it's if my clients can be the best medical patients possible, given their circumstances, their abilities, um, their finances, a lot of a lot of practical considerations that, you know, I take into account. Um, But can I be successful in front of a jury? That's the question I'm asking. All right. And you you said that um, you you do have a paralegal that that helps you sort things out. So I I was just also just trying to see if there are any other uh, any other particular resources that you use or or methods to attack those uh, medical records. I know everybody Googles. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm just trying to say, is that your main source of, uh, of knowledge? Well, I will say at the beginning of my career, I relied on Google quite a bit to start, right? Because in medical records, especially when I was doing med mal defense, right, we were getting really complex issues with a lot of acronyms, you know, medical records. And when when I started practicing, EMR was not consistently used. So I had a lot of handwritten records in those first oh. Oh, yeah, those were bad. Right. So there was there was a fair amount of handwritten records. I can say now those are few and far between. Um, most most everyone's using EMR, thankfully. But, you know, deciphering acronyms and handwriting, you know, I would turn to Google to try to decipher things. But the really what was so valuable in those early days of practice is we had two nurse paralegals that worked for the defense firm I was at. And you know, several times a week, you would find me in the little guest chair in their respective offices, you know, can I pick your brain, you know, and just talking through because Google will only take you so far. Mm-hmm. But being able to have a resource that you can go to, who you know, when you have experts, nurses and physicians alike, you know, if you have to call them, they're billing for their time, which they should. Right. Um, but oh, having the nurse paralegals in the firm when I was learning the ropes was so, so important. Um, and then in addition to that, it, they could point me to the medical text or a, a journal that might be a place to look. And our firm had, you know, subscriptions to up to date and various journals and things that I, I could go and, and do a little bit of research. And the partners really expected all of us as associates to do the medical research to bring to them. So, you know, in partnership with the nurse paralegals, we would identify um, what we needed, what we needed the partners to review, what we potentially would ask our experts to review. Um, so, you know, start with Google, but really starting to learn the medicine and become the expert of your case is so important. You can't just rely on your experts. You've got to learn the medicine. And so, you know, sometimes that meant I would go on YouTube to watch surgical procedures or, you know, YouTube is an amazing resource as well, right? To like, if you're having to defend the negligence, you have to understand the procedure. You have to, and so really going to the the resources that the medical community would look for in terms of medical texts or journals or, you know, guidelines from national organizations, whatever it might be, um, but also doing what I needed to to understand the medicine. Um, and part of that now is if, you know, I have a client who's had a, a type of orthopedic surgery that I'm, you know, not familiar with. It's something, you know, every once in a while you get something new. Um, and so I go back to those those practices where, you know, that, you know now as on the plaintiff side, every once in a while, um, I'll have to reach out to like a treating physician if I do have have questions that I can't decipher on my own um, for one of my clients. But you got to get into the medicine and learn and learn what happened. 
That's true. That's true. You, you got to know the story to to repeat the story. <laughs> and that's good that that you don't just don't just Google. That's that's my new saying. Don't just Google. Yes. We're professionals. <laughs> right. I don't think our clients would be too happy if they thought, you know, if they found out we just Googled. No, you can't stop there. You got to learn. You got to learn the medicine. That's right. I love it. I, I use Google every day. Listen, I'm not dissing Google. <laughs> but oh, and so when you deal with those records and you've told me acronyms, handwritings, that's annoying. Anything else you find really annoying, perplexing, frustrating about dealing with those medical records. So I think with the records themselves, sometimes it's really frustrating to see the copy paste that goes on with EMR. Um, electronic medical records just, so I, I have the benefit of an armchair physician in my family. So my father's an infectious disease physician. So I have to actually credit him too. Every once in a while, I'll give him a call. Um, and, and he's generous with his time and, and helping me navigate things. Uh, I don't take advantage, but every once in a while I'll give dad a call. Um, but the way he's described EMR and the demands on physicians' time is that the a lot of the systems will auto-populate, like not like you, you know, for him anyway, he's got a consultation, he's got to put in original notes. Um, but then for follow-ups, I guess the EMR system auto-populates certain things. Um, and his job is to make sure and, and to change it as needed and update it. But um, unfortunately, especially with the plaintiff's work, it can be really hard for the attorneys if physicians copy paste or the system auto populates and they don't change things appropriately. Um, you know, that can be the fodder for the defense against my client's injury. Um, if, if they, if they auto populate things that are wrong, it, you know, in certain circumstances, if, um, I'm trying to think of an example, but it would just be something you wouldn't expect, say, three months after the injury, but you would expect it three days after the injury. If things are auto populating that that's frustrating. Um, and I'd say just the logistics of getting the records. Um, you know, where I practice in the Washington, D.C. area, there are certain providers in D.C. that are really great about getting you records right away. And then there are certain providers that you have to use Psyox or another similar service that can take months to get you the records. And charge you an arm and a leg, even though there's federal law that requires them to charge a much lower amount. Mm -hmm. You know, they're charging, you know, hundreds, if not, I've seen bills over a thousand dollars. And on the plaintiff side, my clients are paying that. Maybe my firm is advancing the cost during litigation, but it comes out of their settlement or their verdict. Mm -hmm. And I just don't, I don't think it's right to take so long to produce the records and to charge exorbitant amounts of money. Mm -hmm. um, you know, during the Obama administration, a federal law was enacted that allowed patients to get, you know, you know about the High Tech Act, right? Patients can get their records for a very, very reasonable cost. And even when my clients seek to get their own records in that way, they're still getting these bills or the bills get forwarded to us. And it, that, that part's frustrating. Um, with EMR, it shouldn't be that hard. Sometimes it is. I understand. Yes. Uh, and last but not least, out of all the wonderful information that you have given and, uh, uh, you know, uh, prob problems with uh, handwriting, acronyms, all of those things, what kind of advice would you give any fledgling attorneys or any seasoned attorneys that, uh, you know, when they're dealing 
with the these medical cases and deciding if, if well, you just take these cases because <laughs> they come across your desk. But um, uh, when they have to decide if they should take a case or or pass it on to uh, another firm. Yeah, well, I would say (laughs) let them go. Right. And that's what I was just going to say. There are sometimes, unfortunately, where I've had cases of very deserving folks who um, did not help themselves and, you know, themselves in in getting the care that they needed. And I had to say, I'm not going to be able to be successful. I don't want to spend all, all, you know, your money, good money after bad to try to take a case to trial where, you know, it's about the causation I can prove. And if the medical causation is there, sometimes, you know, I'm not able to continue with representation. But my advice is not to fear the records, right? Don't be afraid of the medicine. The medicine is your friend. You just have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. If you're intimidated by the medical jargon, if you read a medical record and you're frustrated because you don't understand it, just keep at it. Um, and you know, I think those of us who've been doing this a long time now, you can read a medical record and feel confident. You understand the basic structure, you understand what information you should expect to be there, you know, and then maybe there are just fine tuning things that you don't understand or there are new terms or new diagnoses you hadn't seen before. And then you kind of do the research from there. But look at the records early and often. Right. So in my case, on the plaintiff side, I'm going to get those initial kind of triage emergency records for those first few visits or the maybe just the first you know emergency visit after a crash. Um, but just sort of to stay on top of where the patient is going um, and make sure to request records in a timely manner. And as soon as they come in to read them, right, we get busy as attorneys. And so it's so easy to say, okay, you know, have the staff scan them and put them, you know, where they need to be in the electronic system. Or if you're still doing paper records, you know, put them in the, the client folder and then I'll read them when it's time to to review a demand, right? In my world, in the plaintiff's world, you know, I have to get intimately familiar with the whole scope of treatment when we send out a demand package, because then I have to engage in negotiations. Don't wait until that point. If records come in, dive in, write yourself a note, you know, identify what you don't know and and just start to learn. Whether you start with Google or you you start interviewing experts, whatever it might be, um, don't be afraid of the medicine and don't be afraid to ask questions of those experts. So especially on the MedMail side, you know, when you're sending out an initial packet for an initial record review, utilize your experts. It's what I teach my students. Like you are giving information to experts and getting information to experts. And if you're paying for their time to do a record review and you're having that initial phone call afterwards, you know, I ask, you know, what do you think the most important issue is here? Right. And I have written down like certain medical terms that I'm not quite sure about. And, you know, I ask in that call, I'm already paying for their time. I might as well, you know, get an education. So, you know, don't be intimidated to, and I think a lot of doctors like it um, when attorneys are a little self-deprecating. Like, I just need to say, I've tried to do my research, but I know that Google is not the same as a medical degree. You know, I have a few questions for you. And just to be real, you know, you're doing your best to understand the issues. There's a reason you hire experts. Don't be afraid of the medicine. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And once you become a master of, you know, the medicine in your case, you're going to feel more confident in, in negotiations, in pretrial litigation and at trial, um, rather than, than waiting and letting the pressure kind of build up. Hey, but that is good. That is, sounds like good sound advice. It sounds like, you know, experts uh, are, 
experts are money is well spent. <laughs> they really are. They yeah. really are. And it's don't be afraid to pay for an expert review. So especially for those listeners who potentially are, um, you know, doing med mail work on the plaintiff's side, you're going to want to pay for an expert review, you know, before you commit to spending a lot more money, spend send some good money on that to really know, is this a case I want to take? Um, and, and I think about like, is this a case I'm going to want to give a closing argument on, right? Like, do I have enough that I think I can make a persuasive argument kind of think with that long term in mind, I think is also a great tip because then you're not going to waste years of your life and a lot of money on a case that maybe you didn't want to take. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Megan. You're coming here. You're sharing all of your knowledge, all of your experience. And, and there's a lot of it <laughs> from, from, from what you've said. And so what we want to do is leave time for questions and answers. And we're going to peek over anybody that's out there ready, willing, and able to make any comments, have any questions for, for Megan, get ready and put those comments or questions in the uh, chat comment section. And before we get to that, we have always what I call a little commercial break <laughs> where I tell you that uh, it, Megan has talked about it. it is um, those medical cases and those records, they can be uh, uh, overwhelming. Getting them, uh, uh, going through the handwriting and uh, acronyms, to say the least, can be uh, difficult. And she's right. <laughs> Start on them uh, early and and go back to them often. So what we do here at Weight Nurse Consultants, we can review those uh, medical records uh, that come with those personal injury, med mal cases, anything that uh, involves a medical record. We'll go through them, we'll summarize them in a one or two page, very brief report. So you get the full story, the full story, the full narrative of what's happened so far with your client and uh, and their injuries. So I just want you to be ready. Give us a call and we'll have a medical case strategy call. If any of those cases come up and you're wondering, should we take that? Shouldn't we take that? Um, what are the medical issues? What are the standards of care that are, that are coming up? Um, uh, and is it really a case to take or Maybe, you know, every bad result is not necessarily anybody's fault. So uh, we here at Wade Nurse, Cons Nurse Consultants can help you learn that. And what I'm going to do is eventually in the comments, we will put my schedule link, click on there and just have a free 15, 20 minute chat with me. <laughs> and we'll talk medical records. It'll appear shortly, very shortly. It'll be coming in there soon. So, <laughs> but uh, by the time that happens, we're gonna scoot back over and see if there are any questions or comments or um, inquiries for for Megan about all the wonderful things she does: marathon running, taking care of toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't claim to be an expert. I'm doing the best I can on the toddler front, but we're surviving. They're they they are in one piece and we're healthy. And I'm going to knock on wood that uh, you stay that way. I understand. So you know, you know, they're there this morning. When you woke up, they were there. <laughs> that, 
that's good. <laughs> yeah, I thought four boys. So oh, yes, I I um I I warned Lisa ahead of time that you know you might hear some toddlers. I think my husband took them to play outside, which is always a good idea with little boys. But uh, I thought, oh, yeah. well, you know, in the time of COVID, when we're we're working from home, you know, there's always some unpredictable interruptions. But we've done so well so far. It's true. It's true. Uh, well, I don't see any comments right now, but feel free if anybody is out there and catching the replay, drop those questions or, or comments in the in the chat and, and we'll make sure Megan gets to them. Also in the description uh, at the YouTube channel, there's going to be Megan's um, contact information. There'll be Wade Nurse Consultant contact information. Visit my website, visit her website, and uh, get to know Megan a little bit more, network a little bit, and um, and do what we can to learn from each other and keep helping being advocates for those injured clients of yours and mine. <laughs> so I think we might be at the end of things today, Megan, uh, unless there's something else burning that you have to share with us. No, I, th I think we covered it. You know, just don't fear the medicine, you know, hire the experts that you need. And, you know, the more that you become comfortable with the language and understand it, the better advocate you'll be. Yay. I'm so Thank glad you. you came here. And I'm so glad. Will you come back again if you have time? Absolutely. I'd love to come back, Lisa. It's great to be here. However I can help, I'm happy to do it. Oh, wonderful. So, it, I'm going to uh, wrap things up. We're going to be back next week with Should You Take That Case? Mondays, 5.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I hope to see you next week. Thank you again, Megan. Thanks for watching and listening to another episode of Should You Take That Case? With your host, Lisa Wade, your friendly neighborhood legal nurse consultant, owner of Wade Nurse Consultants, and creator of our private LinkedIn community, the Attorney Medical Record Resource Group. That is where we get all of our stellar attorney guests. The goal of our show is to be a resource for legal professionals who pursue medical cases by sharing their experiences and insights as defense or as plaintiff attorneys. You can catch prior episodes at www.wadenurseconsultants.com slash blog on LinkedIn, and on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Thank you for subscribing to our YouTube channel and sharing this show with others. 